There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is He Said, Ella Dijo with Eric Winter and Rosalind Sanchez. So, how are you? Hello, hello. Is that... Oh I don't God. know. Why do you keep complaining about my your stomach? stomach. And, when you stress me out, out? My, my, stress my emotional out? issues go to my stomach. So this is my fault now? Yeah. Your stomach is my fault. Listen to me. Um, we have this couple that I am so excited about. They have a podcast. Like we In have a pod- our own world. Yes. They are different. They are cool. They're progressive. They have been together now for years. Um, Emily Stefan is the daughter of Emilio and Gloria Stefan, royalty, um, from Cuba. They own Miami. They are beloved by every single person in the entertainment business because they're just good, good people. And Gemini, they've been open and it was Emily's way to go into her family and saying this is who i love this is who i am i hope you guys support me yeah. and now it's a beautiful love story and their podcast is pretty pretty awesome yeah, so I'm sharing everything i can't wait to have them this is gonna be fun let's bring yes. them in welcome Hi. how Hi. are you 
Nice to meet you, ladies. Well, I feel like I know you very well, Emily. Even though I don't know you, I feel like I know you. <laughs> I love your your parents, Itutia, Lily. I love her so much. So I feel like I've seen you grow. I've seen you flourish. I feel like I know you so well. <laughs> Isn't it? That's one of the one things about that's that's strange. Whether it's your in the celebrity, you know, in the spotlight, or just social media in general, you feel like you know people sometimes and you don't know them at all, <laughs> but you've either seen them grow up in the spotlight or just on social media. Like we saw somebody the other day and you're like, I feel like I, I, I've talked to them. No, I just follow them on Instagram. That's why I feel like I know everything about their life. <laughs> it's interesting. It's so That's the, the power of social media. So talk to us. So I'm reading here. El podcast ustedes se llama our own world. And it says, if you ever feel like you're in the wrong planet altogether, if you can relate to that, if you are from a different decade and you can relate to us, come watch us. Why, why, why do you feel that you guys live in your own world? <laughs> uh, good, wow. Good question. Yeah. yeah good question. <laughs> I, I feel like one of the first things that we both uh, kind of connected on in our relationship is that we felt that we didn't belong in this planet, in this orbit, whatever was going on here on this earth, maybe we didn't feel like we fit in. And at first it's a little bit scary, but then after you realize that that's actually what it takes to change this world, you know, like if you feel like you don't belong, that gives you more power to change what you don't like about where you live, right? So, you know, yeah, we're in our own world. We're here orbiting in nuestro planeta, you know, like in our own vibe. We talk about a million things, but sometimes we don't know what we're talking about. And I think that's what it means to be in space. <laughs> space, I love it. And you guys have been together since 2016. So it's been yeah. many years now. And you survived COVID together. That's that's a big deal. COVID either tore people apart or made you stronger. Of course they did. Why no, was but I'm saying in general, we're just talking about this at work today. What are you we're talking like, about? COVID rip people apart or got them closer that's together. That's not going to happen to them. I'm not saying to them. I'm saying <laughs> it, didn't ha it didn't happen to us either. I'm saying we they survived COVID like we did. It's true. Oh my God. Right? You're like four years in, COVID hits. And where did you guys meet? At a bar. Yeah, at a bar. A he likes to so people ask, how do you guys, we met at, a, like, a, at like a an event, like a Sony event here okay. in, in Hollywood. He likes to the people. That is, it wasn't a club. It was an event. Anyways, <laughs> so we always have that. Moving on. I don't know. It was like something. That's interesting. So you guys met, who who came to, like, who went to the other one saying, hey, but what's up? My name is Who made the whatever. move? Who made the move? We kind of, like, did the whole, like, look across the bar and do the eyes thing, like, mouthing the high kind of thing. Oh, she's being, and you're the, being sketch. No, you think so? No, that's a good one. And then... As we millennials love to do, I slid into her DMs. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. I because we did. DMs. We had that moment, and Jem can elaborate on that because we definitely had that, like, our eyes met no, really. moment. <laughs> like, we really did. But it was at a bar. And then after that, she did slide into my DMs. And what did you say? I don't remember. Oh, I do. I, don't <laughs> know. I have it right here. <laughs> the wrong tree here, but no. She's like, oh, I think you're beautiful. I don't know how you feel about that. I might be 
barking up the wrong tree mm-hmm. here. And I was like, trees? I know what a tree is. You never know. You know, you can like look at somebody and assume what their sexuality yeah, is. Yeah, understood. You kind of like feel it out well, a little bit. I enjoyed that mess. Okay, well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Where are you from, Jem? I'm from Miami, born and raised. Por nationality, tu papá son de donde? Mi papá son cubanos. Oh, son cubanos también. Ah, bueno, pues estaban en familia. Perfecto. I don't know why I thought you were like a different nationality altogether. Um, I get a lot. I get Persian. Yeah, get... yeah. I thought like something. I, was, I wasn't clear. But that's awesome yeah. that you were Cuban. So, But you knew who she was when you, when you, when you saw her. You knew, oh, that's Emily, Stefan. Or you didn't know. No. When I saw her, we made eyes at each other. And then maybe like 20 or 30 minutes later, the person that I was with at the bar goes up to her. And I was like, that's huh? weird. They know each other. When I first saw Em, I was like, dude, I know this girl from somewhere. Yeah. I think we went to middle school together because Miami's like this, this claro. big. And then the girl that I was with goes up to Em and is like, I'm such a huge fan. And I'm like, what is going on here? But again, Miami's <laughs> this big and so is the music scene. It's this big. Claro. That's where they must have known each other. They met each other. And then <laughs> she goes, and this is my cousin, Jim. And at that moment... I was like, oh, okay. I just got introduced to the girl that I was making eyes at across the bar. <laughs> and when they're done talking, that's when the girl I was with was like, oh, that's Emily and Stefan. I'm like, come again? Like, elaborate a little bit more. Uh-huh. I was like, no, that's Emily Stefan. She's Gloria Stefan's daughter. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's how I was able to find her online. Oh, because got it. Okay. Of course. Was she your first relationship, Emily? Um, so we actually have this conversation a lot because I have dated people in my past, you know, male, female, etc., whatever. But Jem was the first person that was my real serious relationship. Okay. Like one that I wanted to be like, hey, mom and dad, blah, 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 blah. You know, like I, I didn't think that anybody else kind of like that I dated warranted not only that kind of time in my life and attention, et cetera. Cause I feel like that's a big deal. Like when you're dating, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm going to flip the script because I want to ask you guys a question too. Yeah. Please. But um, you know, when you're with somebody, right? Like there's a difference between making them a part of your day to day life and then making them a part of like your side life, you know, like, Oh, I'm, getting to know this person, I'm dating this person, when does it become, oh, I'm going to bring them, especially if you're Latino, mm-hmm. like bring them into this family circle. And your mm-hmm. family is everything else too. Right, right. It, w- it was complicated, but I was ready to do it. She was my first serious relationship, my first like real, here we go. Like this is the person that I love. I want to, when I'm with my family, spend time with them, you know? And I'm curious about you guys because we're also fans of you guys. Mm-hmm. and. I'm curious, like, how that was for you, like, when that became like, oh, this is real, you know? When did that happen? Oh, our relationship's been complicated. Uh, let's see. No. When did it happen? It was 17 <laughs> years ago. 17 years. 17 years together. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah and we started while. as friends, which I'd say, so this is the unusual part for us, at least for me. I had, I had never been friends with somebody first for a chunk of time before dating. And we were friends for a good, 
I don't know. I mean, we didn't see each other for the first part of it because she was out of town, but I was friends with her. A long, complicated story. I was friends with her. her but friends. I think we were like friends like maybe four or five months. At least. At before least. Before anything even Hanging out became a lot. Kind of re- you know, like I knew I was into her. Like, for example, I mean, even to go back when, when I first made the move to hit on her, right, at the club, um, she, was in a, she was in a relationship. So it was a no-go. It's like, I had no idea. I just... Asked if she was uh, available, if I could buy her a drink, and da da da. And she was like, "You wanted my number, yeah." You asked for, for a drink, you and then to that. Yeah. She was in a relationship, so it just died. But we stayed. Oh. I, my buddy and I, that were met her and her friend and some other people that night, we stayed in f- touch with her friend. So for like five months, I knew who, who she, where she was, what she was doing, da da da. She knew about me through her friend, but she was in a relationship, and none of that was even like on our minds. I was living my life; she was living her life. She yeah. came home. We all started hanging out again as friends. But I obviously was attracted to her because I hit on her, you know, five months ago. So that didn't go anywhere. We, you know, she knew I was attracted to her. Um, she started to become single. I was patiently a friend, which is he was my like girlfriend. A, he was yeah, like the, was, the typical because I, I was going through the whole breakup and like back and forth and and yeah. I will talk to him about the situation. It was like he was my girl. And can you believe that this is happening? And he's calling me like that type of thing. And he was so patient. I'm trying to give honest advice without saying. <laughs> Pick me, pick me. (laughs) There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you get your podcast. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. 
Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. You know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we were good friends, and then I, I, it's, and I think I told you this before. It's so crazy. I'll never forget. It was, I think it was around Christmas. My parents live in Puerto Rico. They came to visit me in LA, and I did like a little get together. Ah for friends, like my, my, my Latino friends at my house. And he came with your friend, Mike, that we met the night that I met you. So we've been hanging out now for months, but nothing is going on. And I'm sitting down in the kitchen and he's talking to some people and I'm walking towards the kitchen and we locked eyes. And it's the first time I saw him after like five months. And I remember like the entire time he walked the, the hallway, came all the way to the kitchen and we're looking at each other and it was like, it was freaking surreal. It was like something clicked. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Now I know. It was really interesting. Really interesting. I say, I wow, met, I love that. Yeah. yeah, and I remember like, meeting a lot of her close friends that night too. Just a lot of it. Then I remember like a lot, and some of your gay friends were like, they were going to hit on me. Because they're like, because well, she has all gay friends at the house. And there's just like me randomly there that's not dating her. Right? So like, why am I there? So people are confused. Is he gay? Is he straight? Like they're going to, if you're not going to date him, then I want to hit on him and find out what he is. And so it was, like, it was this whole thing. And then oh maybe that also got started going, oh, maybe I do oh, see him a certain way. I know. It was, it was pretty. And then we started dating. And to this day, to this day, wow. it's been crazy. So the first, okay. So you decide, I like this girl. I am going to bring it over to my family. And I missed one part. Did you say you were not out to your parents yet or your family? Like your family didn't know this is the first relationship? No, they knew. Or they knew? Em's family or mine? Both, either. I, I was out. My, yeah. I actually got outed. I didn't really out myself. 
I was 14 and my dad read my text messages. Oh. And I come home from school one day. Yeah. And he's like, Jem, sit down. I'm like, all right. He's like, I know you like girls. I didn't even know I liked girls. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Formulated it like that yet in my head. And yeah, ever since then. But Emily, Emily was not when I came around. You were not? Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of my life was very private. And I still, to this day, will say, like, I wish for a world where we don't have to come out. You know, yeah. it's like, who cares about your sexuality? It's like, this is the person that I love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it have to be a big thing. But I didn't even, like... I think I, I can probably confirm my mom before Jen probably thought I was a virgin, you know, like <laughs> she did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was sorry. like, a, it was like, love a you, mom. Thing. Love you, mom. It wasn't you know? just like, I'm gay. It's like, yeah. I'm gay. It's like, I'm, I'm gay. I'm not a virgin. <laughs> Yeah, and this isn't my first female relationship. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, but uh, also like, you know, you know, that's why I'm saying you have to kind of like, really, I encourage conversation and openness, and it's not easy, no fácil, because you feel like it's the weight of the world on your shoulders, and mm -hmm. it's almost like, even if it's not about you being gay, any tough conversation in your life, like. If you're going to bed at night and you have something on your mind, you know what that feeling is like. Like you're falling asleep and you're like, oh my God, it's like ruminating. It's heavy. Yeah, your mind over and over. And I can tell you from experience, like whatever it is that you're feeling, just get it out, get it off, you know, like. Yeah. How you know, was, like, so how was that day when you said, mom, I want to introduce you to somebody. Um, and this is my situation. This is my sexuality. I love this this woman. Was it like hell no, or was it tears, or was it like I, we lo we love you and we're gonna accept? Yeah, it was not what I expected for sure. Um, which I think is what I would give anybody in my situation. That's the advice I was give would give is like, don't go into anything expecting mm. something, even if it's the person that you love most in the world, because. In the moment, I would have been like, my mom doesn't understand me. She's hurting me. You know, she doesn't see me. And there's a lot of conversation that has to go in between that emotion and like understanding it. And for that to happen, you have to be ready. And also the other person has to be ready and willing to like go there, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, it wasn't the result that I expected um we talked about it you know luckily we were we have a we had a show on facebook called red table talk and we were able to like start to unpack it mm -hmm. but one thing i will say which i feel like is my responsibility is like no situation is resolved with one conversation it's resolved when the people that are a part of it feel comfortable and safe you know so it was a really big eye opener it was an amazing introduction to our healing but it's an ever-growing process it of never course. ends you of know course. what i mean Definitely. how did you feel jam like meeting them for the first time petrified or loved supported um so the first time i met them i was emily's friend okay so mm. i was like you know nervous from the perspective of like this is i really love this girl and mm. i'm here playing the friend part which is i've done that before But like I mentioned earlier, I was out for a long time before um, 
brought me into her world. So I felt really conflicted. There was a part of me that was like, I've kind of paid my dues. Mm. I'm out with my family. My family did the whole like rejecting my sexuality. And now they are on the whole other side of the spectrum. I've had other partners that I've brought to my house. I'm really open with my family. I was kind of like, this is sort of who I am. And if you like it, great. And if you don't like it, great. I was just born weird that way. Mm. And um, it was a conflicting moment for me because I, you know, you meet somebody that you're excited about. And the first thing you want to do is shout it from mountaintops. And I had like a lot of walls to get through, not just getting to that point where Em was herself ready to bring it to her family, but it was also the public element for us, which was a super challenging part of it for me. Cause I, was, I went like, right, like when your parents throw you into the pool, right in the deep end, that was me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I was happy from the beginning, just that M was there, that M was saying, I, I'm so excited about it. I just want to share it with, with everybody. I just want to share it with my mom. And it came from a really loving place of just, you know, wanting to bring her family into this kind of secret, beautiful love that we had started to explore with each other. That's amazing. I can't even imagine how nerve wracking that must be, you know, like, to go to your parents and say, listen, this is who I am and I need you to accept me and all I want is love and support. And if you don't get it, I'm going to have to walk the other way, you know, because it's about my mental health and I just want to be happy. So be happy for me. If you can't, I need to keep it moving. It feels it's like crazy. it's improving it's with generations. At least it depends on where you grow up, where you live and all that as well. I guess you I can't just, but like where, where, where we're at and, you know, our daughter and her class and I think it was last year they started talking about one of the children was uh, possible, tr- possibly trans, and um, she was identifying as he, but now he is identifying as they. And it's funny because for us, mind blown, like that, is there even like understanding she's 10, that these conversations right. are happening and she's coming and explaining it to us. And granted, we're, uh, you know, aware of how all this, you know, works and the wording. But it was fascinating to see a 10-year-old explain to me. It was funny. Like she was you know, like, you know she's like, what? no, she's no longer she. You she's know there. what happened? Like, you know all this? You're 10. So like, they're 10. getting better and better like with the way they're educating kids, I think in schools even, like how it's the conversation's there. I'm going to tell you something crazy. Like I just, I was in Miami. I'm flying back and forth because um, I'm doing something for Univision. And I, the first um, week that I went, I took my daughter, Sabella. She's 10 years old. Right? I'm at the hotel and... It's late. We're talking. And I think it was the first time in 10 years that I had like an, at least two hours of just speaking with this girl. And she's asking me all these questions. And I was like, oh, like, oh my God, fuck, what am I going to do? Like, like, I just want, please God, illumina me, bro. I want to, I want to say something. I want to say the right things. And we start talking about this kid at school that the parents are going through a divorce and then the kid might be gay. And then I said, how is the, how is the mom dealing with that? And she says to me like the most normal thing in the world. She goes, Oh, the mom was okay. She was cool with it because the mom is bi. And we, we, were, and we were like, how do you know that at 10? How do you like, even know she's bi? Like, I, that's yeah, not your I was, business. I was like, so their mom, that's I was like, parent. yeah, I was like, what, what do you mean? The bi? Who told you that? Well, she told me that. Yeah. Um, do you know what's by Sabelle? And she's like, yeah, that she had, she, she liked girls. She's, she's been with g- girls and boys about the mom of her. And Love I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're exactly right. And I was like, I kept, I kept the moving. I was, we kept talking like nothing happened, but for like yeah. five minutes, I, am um, I'm going, how the heck does she know? And number two, how is she saying it? Like, I just want an apple. Mom, can I have an apple? 
Yeah, like the most normal normal thing in the world. So I think kids nowadays that their their DNA is it's 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 different. You know, I I think what you went through, what I would have gone through if that would have been my experience telling my parents, totally my mom would have died. And there's just more and more kids, like even in our yeah. daughter's school, and I'm sure you guys, you know, you see it just in kids that you might see at their school. They, there's just there's gay parents, right? So starting yeah. kindergarten, there's a gay family with 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 their with, and it's more our yes. closest friends. Yes. Our daughter's grown up with you know two dads with one of her friends, and it's just normal. My concept. It was it was, so it was funny, It's not even like a question. It's like later they go, why doesn't so and so have a mom, or why doesn't so and so have a dad? And you just go, well, because I mean. Yeah, they are married. That's their two, you know, two dads. The mom is not. The, I mean, you explain it the best way you can, I guess, for them to understand it. But it's not even the explanation is not even necessarily needed because it's no. just life. Yeah, it's yeah. just what it is, which is amazing. It's incredible. it's incredible. Actually, I had a moment where I had that discovery a few months ago. I was having dinner with my family, and I have two sisters, and I have a stepbrother, and my youngest, she's eleven years younger than I am. So I feel like I'm a world ahead of her. And we're having dinner and like, I can tell she was a little bit anxious. She gets up from the table. She goes to the bathroom, 20 minutes pass. I tell my stepmom, I'm like, so weird. Sam's not back yet. Is everything okay? She's like, oh, my, probably your stomach hurts. Okay. We keep talking. Sam comes back and I was sitting beside her and I noticed that Sam doesn't sit down. And I'm like, Sam, are you okay? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, I have to tell you something like just like this to the entire table. And I, and I have, I mean, it's a lot of us. Because my brother has a girlfriend, I have Emily, my sister has a fiance, and my my dad and my stepmom. And they're pretty like, they're young, young parents, but they're pretty old school. And she just said it. She was just like, I'm gay. And my head almost fell off my neck. I was like, balls <laughs> on you. I was like, I cannot have imagined doing that at your age. And it's incredible. I have so much love and respect for her. I'd like to think that. We we walk so they could run. Okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like if nothing, like if you know, tomorrow I'm going to a baseball game. Just dropped it off. I was like, wow, that's incredible. That's I don't awesome. think you have to say it. Yeah, but yeah, maybe eventually, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys? Do, do you want to have kids? I, I we both would love to have kids. Okay. Who's gonna carry? You know, you haven't had the or conversation yet. Or do you know? I think, I think that. When you, a lot of people say, oh, well, you're gay, you're gay, da, 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 and I get it. And I'm not taking away from the reality that when you are in a heterosexual relationship, depending on your fertility, you know, at any moment, you could conceive a child and not want or be prepared for that child. Yeah. In our setting, it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. Like the moment that you start thinking about children, you kind of like already have to be in that place in your relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and like we're aging, but I speak for myself. Like I'm not ready. Okay. You know, I, I want kids. I want kids with her, but I'm not ready yet. And I'm not in a rush. I think that when you have kids, that's a huge responsibility. It is. Mm. I I think that the fact that we have to make it happen makes it even a bigger responsibility and a bigger decision, yeah. which I kind of almost take as a blessing in a lot of ways because having a child is not a whatever kind of decision. And unfortunately, just because of life, that's how that happens sometimes. And that's great. But um, when, and if we do decide to have a child, it would take a lot of decision-making that would never be just like, yeah, sure. On a podcast. Like I wouldn't feel responsible, not because of you guys, Mm -hmm. just because of the way that I feel about the subject. 
if I were to tell you guys right now, yeah, sure, I'm ready to have a kid right now, I would feel like that was completely irresponsible. Yeah. How old are you? We're well, she's 28, and I'm about to be 28. Oh, okay. you guys have, have time. time. The good news is, is even, even though you both have time, have time, right? Like, there's there is. Unfortunately, there's really a biological ticking. Just try to do it before. Women. My advice but, to you: no, try to be- do it before thirty. But the beauty, thirty-five. No. Well, adopt. That's what I'm you saying. You can adopt. Yeah. You can adopt. But you yeah. can yeah. also, if you one of you wanted to use your own egg, you could also freeze your eggs, and then you just have like these good, healthy, twenty-eight-year-old eggs that you could <laughs> use that you could use in ten years, or you could use in six years. You could use whatever you want. But that's the that is one of the beauty. It's not like you said. It's uh, with a hetero couple. You could get pregnant by accident. Like, oh, we weren't trying and got pregnant. This situation, you have to actually plan for it. So if you plan for it, you actually have a, a nice head start. You know, if you have the means to do so, you go, boom, I could freeze some eggs, use them when you want to use them or never use them at all. But you have yeah. the option and they're healthy. I just, for, for us, planning is everything because we, we couldn't, I couldn't get pregnant. So both of our kids are, were through IVF and it was so mm-hmm. planned. So when you're talking about, you know, we're going to have to plan it and be responsible, that's all we a did for years. Runs. You know, like we did, we did uh, it was, didn't work. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the, how did that influence your parenting style? In which way? You mean like uh, the fact that we had to plan so hard for it, you mean? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, I don't know if no, that no, no, had was, as much of an effect on our parenting style as much as their relationship took a beating. I'm not going to lie, yeah, you know, that was because hard. I was, I was injecting myself. I went through years of just having crazy hormones pumped into my body and I just went cuckoo, like loca, 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 loca. Um, and it was just, I couldn't control it. I didn't, I didn't recognize myself, you know? And that's after seven like times of injecting, I was like, I think Dylan, it was my last attempt I was like, I can't continue doing this anymore because I'm going to kill him and he's going to kill me. You know, like we can do yeah. this anymore. So yeah. it's one of those things that people don't often talk. And, and look at the, the woman is the one taking the, the beating with all the hormones. You know, hormones are crazy enough as it is, but you're injecting a bunch more and she's becoming the incredible Hulk. And it's a lot of, you know, a lot of tempers can be going, but there's also this side of it that we've talked about before that they don't understand what a man also goes through because you end up being the punching bag, taking all of this beating that you feel bad for what she's going through. But then you're like, wow. Uh, or the partner, I shouldn't even say that the husband, just the partner is going through, whoever's not injecting hormones is going right. like, wow, like this person is on one. And I just have to be as supportive as possible and allow them to just release. And it, it's hard. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Especially for so long, you know? Like, and again, you you go through your, your life thinking, oh, I, I'm going to have kids when I want to. It's going to be no big deal. Boom. I got to be careful. I don't want to get anybody pregnant. And, and then all of a sudden you're trying and it's not happening. And it's not yeah. happening. We tried for three years. Like it's funny because my mom, I'm we're four children. I'm I'm the youngest one and the only girl. But my mom had four kids, delivered them naturally. It was perfectly fine. So I never thought in a million years that I was going to have issues. And I left her for late in life because I just with me was all about my career and like I'm not ready. Like I just want to I want to make it and then I'll think about motherhood. And by the time I was 35, it's okay, you know, I think I'm ready now. You know, I'm ready. And then 35, 36, 37, 38, and we're like, what the heck is going on? Like. I'm not getting wow. pregnant. I'm like the healthiest, you know, I'm, I'm so clean. I don't drink, I don't smoke. I'm like, so like, you know, like what the heck? I eat so well. My mom was super fertile. What the heck is going on? But so it's unpredictable. Suffering you know? from endometriosis, which is a- I did. Often I did gets have. in the way of trying to get pregnant. Yeah. That must be so tough because we're, like you said about your mom, I feel like we as women think, oh, we're, we can have a baby. Did you ever feel, because I, I, I obviously have never been pregnant, 
Did you ever feel like part of it was kind of like you were like, why my body is kind of failing me in this moment where I thought I was going to be able to depend on it? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. You beat yourself because, because I was so mindful of taking care of myself my whole life. And I'm, yeah. I'm so clean, perfect. It's like, I didn't understand. I'm like, what the heck? And then you have all these women that don't even, they don't even want to be mothers. They're responsible yeah. and they get and pregnant like, over it. And I'm like, how <laughs> the heck? Like, why? Oh my God, internal fights, fighting with God, bajando los santos, me cago en, me cago en esto, me cago en like, like, porque decía, what the, what, what, I don't deserve this shit. It was, right. it was brutal until I was able to like reset and go, you know what? It is, it is what, what it is. You know, God gave human beings the science to be able to accomplish miracles, you know? So maybe I cannot do it naturally, but there's help available. So let me go that route. And once I was able to embrace that, then it was actually, it was brutal, but there was beauty under, yeah. under it all, you know, because we, it was planned we and it was, it was so methodical and we wanted it so badly that it became even more special because it was like, yeah. this is what I want. Yeah, it was And it even was on the amazing. second one, we went down the road of possibly adopting, possibly getting a donor. Um, a lot of conversations happened if we were going to have a second one. Because I, I was 44 Because it I wasn't happening. And it wasn't was basically, happening. this is the last attempt. I was an only child. I was fine with one. She really wanted another one. So it could have been that. Like if if Dylan didn't you know, happen, we could have been adopting her. Yeah. We got lucky. Wow. We got, and I put four, I put four embryos and because of my age, the chances for even one to take was, was eight, like 10, no, it was like 8%. Like 8%. Yeah. And I was like, put four, I don't care. They're not going to take anyway. Just put four. And then we got, it's funny because when the level, when I got the positive, the levels were super high. So the doctor said it's, it's multiples. It's, yeah. The, the levels are crazy died. high. I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> because I was going to say like, it doesn't matter which side of, this, of the coin you're on. Like if, if I can't imagine being in a couple and somebody says, oh, your sperm count is low or your uterus isn't fertile or like, even if it has nothing to do with you, I imagine it has some kind of a pain, some yeah. kind of a, oh no, I can't, you know, do this, whatever. So my mom was in an accident. She broke her back, but a lot of people don't know this. Her fallopian tube dislocated from, it, it separated from one side of her body and it was like, wow. in her body. right. So she wanted to have another child. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it wasn't happening. And she did, luckily, another thing that we don't mention, people who have fertility issues, it takes a lot of money. Mm -hmm. yeah. It takes a lot of planning. And a lot of people don't have that liberty, that kind of, oh, you know what? I'm going to freeze my eggs. Mm -hmm. That's thousands of dollars. Yep. I'm blessed that I can do that. And we're able to do that, except, you know, but it's not acquirable by most people. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yes, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm happy. I have a path. But most people don't. So we also have to acknowledge that because, well, you know, <laughs> you know like, out. yeah, I'm sorry. so sorry. But anyway, so uh, when my mom was trying to get pregnant after my brother, she had one child and it was a lot of years and they were able to do IVF and they implanted five eggs in her and three of them were fertile. And then one of them, you know, the levels, you know, blah, 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 you know how it is. And she had twin levels, like very, very long, like it's having twins to the point that when they put the eggs in her, they go, if you have five eggs that are fertile, you're going to have to pick one. She goes, no, kill me. I'm not killing any of my kids. 
You she kill said, me? She said, I'll have a litter. Yeah, she said, I'll have a litter. Wow. I don't care. I die in the process. I die in the process. But luckily, I am like Miss Pac-Man, and I ate all those <laughs> And I was like, you out of here. You out of here. So there was one left. Love you, sis, but knock her out. <laughs> I ate her twins. So along the pregnancy, my mom, her, she had twin levels for a very long time, and then they dropped, and she had blood, you know, et cetera, and I ate her. You <laughs> ate her. That's awesome. That's awesome. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the My Cultura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot 
and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sebi was a twin. And then early on, that's a 10-year-old. They said, you know, that one of the heartbeats, um, and for that one, I put three embryos. Two took. And two developed. And then one, but early on they said, you know, one of the embryos, the heartbeat is just not great. So just prepare yourself. We don't know what's going to happen. And yeah, it didn't work. So it was Sabella. And then with Dylan, the levels were off, like off the yeah. charts. And they said, Same you know, it's thing. multiples. He's miserable. I'm excited. I'm going, oh my God, he's twins. I was Forget. stressed out, man. He was stressed out. I was like, how soon out. can I do the ultrasound? Let's see. I want to see. How many, how many I know. Are there? So we go in thinking, oh, okay, it's going to be two. And they go in and they can find, they only see one little sack. They can find. And then the doctor says, oh, let me keep checking because maybe it's ectopic. You know, when one yeah. of them goes up to the tubes and that's very dangerous. And we're going, oh my God, please. No, no. So nothing. It was just one. And I asked him, so but what does what does it mean? Like, why are my levels Healthy so high? Kid. And he goes, you have a very strong child. And I was like, that's all I care about. That's that's incredible. What a blessing. Yeah. I know, I know. You have a Pac-Man. I know. You have a Pac-Man. <laughs> I have a Pac-Man. I wanted to ask you, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I've been telling this story to people for years, Emily, and my apologies if it's I just made it up. But <laughs> maybe I made it up. But I, I know somebody said to me years ago, or maybe I had a dream. I don't know that you know you come from a very privileged upbringing because of who your parents are. You know they're famous. They're they did incredible, incredibly well. They're very pro, tienen mucha prosperidad. Sí. Um, y, y los hijos de parejas que están en ese nivel socioeconómico privilegiado, right? Um, Somebody said to me that even though Emilio owned Miami and he had incredible wealth, his kids had to get regular jobs growing up. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie? I wish. I'm going to tell you right oh, now, that is I a wish. lie. <laughs> I wouldn't be further from that. That is a lie. In fact, if he could have his kids never work again, they'd never work Absolutely. No really? way. No, bro, 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 bro. I love you. <laughs> Whoever had that dream, call them, give them my number. The, because this, the T is, the T is that I want to work. I love to work. Oh my Not God. Not because my dad told me to, mm -hmm. because that's who he showed me that he is. Claro. Even in the moments where I catch my privilege and I'm like, coño, I don't do anything, this, that, whatever, you know, like, because it's true, you know, like, uh, my parents have lived 
a life that I will never have to live. Even if I have a bad day at work, no me tengo que preocupar claro. de comida. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't have to worry about where I'm going to sleep tomorrow, what I'm eating. I'm never going to understand that struggle. And in that struggle, there definitely is something. And, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I have learned that through being, you know, very close to my dad. But when it comes to my parents, because of how hard they have struggled and the sacrifices they have made, they want us to not struggle at all. Wow. They want us to, déjame cuidarte, mira mi bebé, blah, blah, blah. Right. And that's a beautiful thing. It's gorgeous. However, you know, like there are moments where, you know, for sure, I wish it would have been like, oh, yeah, damn, I'll get a job. But, you know, I would never trade my mom or my dad for anything because at the end of the day for every person out there we're talking about adoption we're talking about children we're talking about everything my dad would father any child mm. father strangers on the street he is all about love giving He's making nice. people making people feel good you know yeah. He's so amazing. Pues sabes que me siento con la, la ridícula. I feel ridiculous because I have repeated, I have repeated that story like with I'm with pride. No, you don't understand. Emilia and Gloria she, made sure that their kids yeah, were. Yeah. She probably made it up. She does it. I often. made it up. <laughs> I think my Christian, the perfumer, did though. So you could say that. Okay. <laughs> well, I love Shaq has a famous uh, quote where Shaq, I guess, was you know, interviewed and, and is he tried to explain to his sons the heart, the realities of, of working hard, and he was like, "Listen, no, no, no. you're not rich. I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> you are not rich. So I you go out that. there and work because I had to work for all of this. So stop acting like yeah, you're rich. <laughs> like check yourself." It builds character, builds character and coming from the complete opposite experience and then building a life with M, I see the value in it. I see the value in teach a man to fish or give him a fish, you know, because it's one thing to say, you know, work hard. And then it's another thing to have the experience of working hard Mm -hmm. for the things you have, because the day of tomorrow, you never know what can happen. How do you build yourself back up if you've never had to before? Yeah. You know, and I, I, Listen, I, I get it from both ends. As a parent, like it's, you go through any, and I didn't have an easy upbringing and all that. I mean, my parents are great, but I, I went through a pretty fairly normal, you know, life of struggles, ups and downs. Um, and I get the fact of always wanting your kids to just have better and more than what you had and just being papa bear or mama bear as we, you know, and just protecting, protecting and shielding from hoping to shield them from all the ups and downs and difficulties. And you want finance to be the least of their concerns and blah, blah, blah. But you're absolutely right. And we talk about this a lot just amongst ourselves. Well, I, maybe me, I'm a little more. Uh, a she's, little. She's more of the like, that's ah, fine. Spend the money. And I'm like, no, <laughs> stop. He said, hey, <laughs> I'm like, stop. This dude is I'm so frugal. frugal. It's so frugal. It's like disgusting. Like I try to make our kids work. Like I had an allowance that I put. <laughs> you're frugal? <laughs> no matter what. Even though I was born in the United States, I still got that immigrant blood. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not paying $100. That's this freaking dude is awful. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yo no. I won't pay it just out of principle. I'm like, hell no. Mira, I can afford it. I don't want to pay this that is, because this you're is charging crazy. me too much. His dad owned a, what Col- is a collection? Collect, collection agency. Collection agency. That I used agency. to work for. I was a bill collector like before I started acting. Oh. Not, but I was a nice bill collector. I wasn't no. an asshole. Oye me. 
Él me cuenta, el papá, las, lo, the, the dad will make him sign like a contract for everything. Like the first time he got like a car, like a used, what is it, like a, a Volkswagen or something? Yeah, Volkswagen like a used Beetle. Volkswagen. The dad, this is for you, but this is a contract. If you have an accident, you have to pay that much. If you had like everything, was, everything is by the book. And yeah. I filled out a contract saying I would pay him back the thousand dollars by this date, da, 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 or make payments. And he wants to do that with our kids and I'm completely no, against it. No, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> she, she'll just buy the kid anything. She came back from the store yesterday. Kids needed nothing at all. They have plenty of clothes, plenty of, excuse me, <laughs> plenty of shoes. She'll come back with bags. I'm like, what are you doing? He's four. He's going to grow out of it next he week. he needs it. No, he doesn't need anything. Whatever. And I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let's just teach these kids how to make an allowance, but not just typical allowance. I want to teach them how to be an entrepreneur. I want you to find a problem in the house. Someone had sent me this letter. Find a problem in the house and you come to me and say, I'm going to fix this problem if you find it and then negotiate with me what you think you should get for your allowance. And if, I, and if yeah. I think the problem is big enough, I'll give you a little more money. But if it's just like picking up your clothes off the floor, here's 50 cents. And they're like, yep. 50 cents? What about $3? And they're fully engaging in negotiation. It's, really, it's actually brilliant. But I just go, give him the freaking $3 already. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be really, really real right now. Doesn't matter. Private school. I went to private school. F that. Again, thank you so much. Forget it. You're not going to learn anything in private school. You're not going to learn in public school. Actually, you might learn less. I'm going to be honest with you. Number one. Number two, the things we learn in school, I wish somebody would have taught me how to do my taxes mm -hmm. from exactly. when I was 10 years old. Yeah. I wish somebody would have taught me, hey, Start doing your laundry. Start building rituals that when you're an adult, you actually use. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. What do we do on a daily basis? We have to make phone calls. We have to deal with individuals. We have to call people. We have to deal with our landlords. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, those yeah. are not the things they emphasize in school, which, okay, great. I'm never going to launch the trajectory of a rocket to the moon. Thank yeah. you so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> But like... Those are the things that for me, I'm not a parent, but as a parent and as a child, I wish that I was more prepared for. Yeah. You know? There's yeah. very little street smarts taught in private. Like our kids are private school and I went to public my entire life. And by the way, like, I don't know how it is in Florida, but here it's like, there's grades. So like you're a, a, a level 10 or a 10 grade public school versus a, a one, like one would be a bad 10 would be the top of a public school. I went to probably like a four, like I had a shooting on my campus. People died. It was a bad neighborhood. So my point is I grew up learning street smarts very quick because I had to. I had to learn how to navigate the good and bad in my school, fights breaking out, people getting jumped. How do I negotiate myself out of this? How do I do? Everything was like was navigating tough waters. Our kids are never going to have that. You didn't even have it no. like that to that degree. But street smarts to me yeah. is so underrated in education. Granted, it's not book smarts. I know it's two different things, but even if it could be incorporated in some way, just basic yeah. life skills. Yeah. And I mean, I can't tell you the last time I used trigonometry. You, you want to hear something crazy? <laughs> Never. I left Puerto Rico. I was 21. Oh. I had one more year to finish uh, my, my, my degree, business administration and marketing. This was crazy. I moved to New York with some uh, family, like my mom's second cousin. I was working on TV in Puerto Rico, but I would get paid and I would just have a checking account. I never had a credit card in Puerto Rico. Granted, oh. I was going to business administration and marketing. That's all math, mathematics, right? 
I moved to New York. I go to the Bronx for like eight months, eight months. Then I want to go get my own apartment. I go to Queens. I'll never forget. No, first I'm in Manhattan because the dream is that you want to have a little loft or something in Manhattan. Right. So I get to, I start looking at places. I fall in love with this little unit. They gave me the application because they want to check my credit. I had zero idea what they were talking about. And I said, my what? Your credit. I was like, I felt ignorant. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I took the paperwork and I took it home and I called my dad and said, they're asking me for my credit. What are they talking about? Well, Ross, your credit. What the heck is credit? Because I didn't own, I didn't have a credit, a credit account. I had no idea. 21 years old, three years of college. Wow. And I didn't know what credit was. I couldn't, yes, I couldn't get a freaking place in Manhattan. I had to go to Astoria, Queens with two roommates. And of course, the place wasn't under my name because I didn't have any credit. Meanwhile, my- Oh yeah, I'm the first person to tell you my parents, who are my parents, ask them, Jem is the one who helped me fix my credit. I, have- <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with my finances? She's like, girl. <laughs> You know, the the world. World. Like, she pays for things with her debit card. I'm like, what a waste of a dollar. What a waste of a dollar. Wow. I'm yeah. traumatized. I'm traumatized with my credit experience. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Oh my God. But those are the things as a parent now is that, you know, when you have to break cycles yes, and listen, yes. my parents are incredible and they did the best they could with what they knew awesome. and they loved yes. us the way they knew how to love. Right. By the way, they probably broke their own cycles. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yes. Oh, we're going to break these cycles. Look how cool our kids are. And then we come along and we're like, I know, we're going to break our own cycles. Exactly. I know. I know. So I'm so so mindful now that I'm a mom of trying to do everything so different. Listen, the basics and the values, that's all. It is what it is. But just things that I just go, I, I cannot allow my kids to learn about life and things that are elemental because of a friend in their bathroom and school teaching them when I should be the one teaching that, you know, it's, yeah, it's she, really she does a great job yeah. now teaching them about their finances and how they should uh, build credit. <laughs> you don't know. She still doesn't what know how to build credit. Are you a joke? What? She still doesn't know. Oh my God. She's like, our five-year-old she, is that. Comes to me, comes to me for everything. Eric, what is this? Um, how does this find out? What? Uh, what are you it's talking like rain about? She just runs a bunch of I numbers in bed. I have two properties like, I by think... myself. I have cars. What the heck are you talking about? By yourself? No business managers. <laughs> no, when's the last time you actually paid a bill? They paid the bill. No, exactly. But I'm when's freaking the paying time? them to pay my bill. So it, whatever. <laughs> That's another thing. Well, you know what? I was telling this to my dad about my youngest sister. You can actually add someone as early, I think it's at the age of 16. So your daughter coming up as um, an authorized user on your credit card. And it helps to build their credit. Oh. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. So she and got- when they buy the entire stock of Claire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I took her yesterday to Claire. She, she loves Claire. She loves Claire. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Anyways, ladies, this was awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with us. I've been such a fan of, of Emily. Like, me siento que te conozco de bebé, como que soy parte de tu familia. Because you love Jem, I love Jem, and I wish you girls incredible things. Yes. Keep kicking butt with the podcast. So yes. happy for you guys. And hopefully we can, when I go to Miami, I should tell your parents, let's hang out. 
yeah, when you're in Miami, we'll love to take you out and make some mean Cuban coffee. And I'm not saying okay. it because she's there. Beautiful. I'll drink it. She doesn't drink coffee. You'll I drink love it. coffee. I know. You can make me you can make me a chai tea. <laughs> I will make him the coffee. I will give you my finest water. There you okay. go. <laughs> awesome. Bueno, un abrazo, bendiciones, se cuidan. Bye. Much love, much Thank love. You. Bye. Bye. That's great. Oh my God. I love them. I can't wait to hang out with them in Miami. They're awesome. And I swear to you, I feel like I know Emily because, you know, I've seen her since she's a baby. They you know, she grew up parents. in the business and yeah. their parents are next level. Emilio, Gloria, they're next level. But how crazy that in my whole life I thought they worked really hard. It's not that crazy because you, you make up stories all I made the it time. up. All I, the time. I wonder why. Anyways, but listen, valuable lessons we learned. Yeah. Really from great. her own mouth saying, I wish this would have been different and da 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 da, da. Mm -hmm. So that's incredible. Thank you, Emily and Jem, for spending time with us. Awesome, cool. awesome. Till next Love time. You, Love you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to write us a review and tell us what you think. If you want to follow us on Instagram, check us out at he said, ella dijo, or send us an email, Eric and Ross at iHeartRadio.com. He said, ella dijo is part of iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. See you next time. Bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. 
Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.